Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. My guest today on Dan's Talks is Scott Ferrara, the author of a new book called Accused of Witchcraft in New York. I'm particularly interested in this uh, book because Mr. Ferrara has done a a tremendous amount of research on uh, one piece of East End history that most of us or some of us know about, which was the accusation and later trial of uh, in the 17th century of an East of an East Hampton wife named Goody Garlic, and um, who was uh, this was prior, I think, to uh, the Salem witchcraft craft uh, trials up in New England. But it was uh, um, the uh, witchcraft accusations were in the air, and uh, I've read a, read some of it, and I'll, I'll talk to uh, to you about some of the things you found. Before I do, I, I just want to tell people that this was about um, a, uh, a young woman, 18-year-old woman in East Hampton who uh, in the middle of the night uh, woke up and accused Goody Garlic of being a witch who also lived in the, in the town. And um, then uh, the uh, young woman who was also the uh, daughter of, um, of uh, the lead leader of the village uh, then died at 18, and uh, things progressed from there. Anyway, one of the uh, uh, things I, I read in your account, which I did not know, uh, having written about this for the paper, was she was not from East Hampton. She was from Southampton. Uh, Southampton was settled by a different group of settlers than East Hampton, and so she was, in that sense, a foreigner. Tell a little more about uh, that night and uh, her accusation. And I'd like to hear more about some of the other ones, including one in which uh, the chief of the Montauks was accused of hiring a witch. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the account of Elizabeth Garlic, or um, uh, she's often known as Goody Garlic for, for her, her title, Good Wife, um, a shortened form. She was accused when she was, we think, between the ages of 45 and 55 uh, years old a daughter of French Huguenots, so uh, for mostly English uh, settlers who were coming from Lynn, Massachusetts, who settled in, in, in the Hamptons, okay. she was already seen as an outsider. Yeah. She uh, didn't, her and her husband, Joshua Garlic, uh, they, they didn't really have money starting off. Um, they weren't anyone of prominence, really. Uh, towards the beginning um, when, when they first came to uh, the Hamptons. But over time, uh, through decisions and, and their own labors, they actually uh, prospered a little bit uh, with, within the village. This was also uh, attributed to her, her witchcraft uh, accusations. It's this, 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 sudden, this sudden prominence. What was she accused of? Uh, so she was accused um, in 1650, uh, a little bit after 1650, by um, Elizabeth Howell, 
of course, like, as you mentioned, that was the daughter of uh, Lion Gardener. Um, she had she had married a, a man by the name of Arthur Howell. Uh, she she had taken ill uh, some unspecified illness. Uh, we're not really sure today what that illness was. We could speculate, but uh, Elizabeth Garlic was known to be a healer within the community, and there were already accusations and and suspicions. I wouldn't say accusations, but suspicions about Elizabeth Garlic that originated back when all these settlers were living in Lynn, Massachusetts, before they had made the journey down to the Hamptons? Yeah, the accusations came out at a trial. When What were the accusations? Sure. Yeah, so uh, one of them were uh, uh, an infant had died uh, within the town, and before that infant died, uh, Elizabeth Garlick, uh, who, who was a known healer, had remarked at the infant and and noticed that this infant wasn't um, wasn't behaving uh, uh, normally, right? And uh, the mother, a very young mother, with her first time child, I believe it was Goody Simons was her name. She uh, uh, listened to Elizabeth Garlic, but shortly after this encounter, the, the infant had died, and uh, she had. In, in in her in her grieving in, in her grieving, had accused uh, Elizabeth Garlic of um, of harming the baby uh, through through witchcraft. Wasn't there something with animals also that she was? Yeah, yeah. So uh, with with every passing of every infant that died in in the community, we had people uh, such as uh, an individual named Goody Davis who had been um, telling mothers of um, of deceased infants that that uh, Goody um, Garlic was behind it. And soon every, every infant that died was now uh, blamed on, on Goody Garlic. Uh, things heated up well, towards, the, towards the center of the, uh, uh, towards the middle of the 1650s. We had a pig who had died, an ox that broke its leg. Uh, there was an enslaved African boy who had gone missing. And there was another man who had died from a uh, mysterious illness. And um, things are very um, uh, tense during this period. And uh, uh, um, Elizabeth Garlic was uh, blamed for all of it. Uh, were, were they moving to uh, uh, set her on fire or do something to locally that, that, um, that happened, was going to happen unless there was some intervention? Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, there were no witches, uh, or I should say, people of cues of witchcraft that were uh, uh, set on fire uh, within within the United States. That was that was purely a, a European thing. But within East Hampton, local magistrates, local authorities, they were very cautious to um, to prosecute them. So they actually referred it up to their um, the next higher court, which was in Hartford, Connecticut. And there we had um, uh, uh, the then, uh, I believe it was the Lieutenant Governor, then Governor um, John Winthrop Jr., who really played a large part in the acquittal of Elizabeth Garlic. I think, I think it was actually pretty interesting because she was not only acquitted, uh, John Winthrop Jr. actually had... Um, written to the people of East Hampton that sh they should be nicer to both Elizabeth Garlic and her husband. So it kind of gave, when she returned, she kind of returned with not only 
was I acquitted, but now I have this power that the the highest authority is telling everyone to be nicer to me instead of, you know, um, uh, hanging her as a witch. I also read something I didn't know about. One of the things that uh, uh, Elizabeth Howell's father uh, had done was uh, made peace with uh, Wyandanch, who was the uh, uh, sachem of the Montauk tribe at that time. And the two of them actually uh, uh, worked together for some things. And uh, so Wyandanch is a good, good part of the history of the Hamptons. But then someone accused Wyandanch of doing witchcraft. I never knew about that, and I never heard about it, but you did, and more power to you. Tell us a little bit about what that was about. Sure, yeah. So um, uh, Sachem Wyandanch and, and uh, one of his predecessors, Sachem um, Bogatacut, they were both associated with uh, uh, witchcraft accusations um, during the 17th century. A large part of what I was trying to do in my book was not because um, most witchcraft histories you read are, are purely uh, a large part of them are purely European based um, European uh, individuals, uh, Euro American settlers. But this is not the case with uh, with our, our history in the United States. Of course, we have uh, largely culturally entangled um, communities you know, uh, local indigenous tribes, um, enslaved African people, uh, all during the 17th century, they were all kind of living together and uh, had these really entangled communities. So talking about uh, not only um, Euro-American settlers accused, but also other communities uh, was a large part of what I was trying to do with this book um, and my research. With, Who used uh, wine ditch? Yeah, so with these Native American tribes within the Northeast, a lot of them, uh, uh, certain community, certain tribal communities had uh, uh, partnerships is, is uh, one way to describe it with, with local European communities, right? So these tribal entities would sometimes use uh, colonial authorities to charge, accuse um, their tribal enemies so uh, we had Uncas up in uh, Connecticut, um, a, a sachem in Connecticut who had accused uh, uh, Wyandanch of hiring a witch to um, attack him. He was trying, Uncas himself was trying to use colonial authorities to take power from uh, uh, tribal communities on Long Island. Um, so it was really a, a politically charged uh, action. This is not always the case. Sometimes it's uh, it's politically charged, uh, but for the most part, witchcraft was just a reality during the 17th century. It was real as anything. Well, uh, of course, I, I guess our interest is mostly about the Hamptons and the North Fork and the eastern end of the Long Island. And I think in your book you wrote in the, all of New York State there were dozens of such events. But confining yourself just to what this uh, podcast is about. Were there other incidents involving uh, accusation of witchcraft in our community? Yeah, definitely. So about 25 years after uh, Elizabeth Garlic, um, uh, so that's about 1683, there's another woman by the name of Hannah Trevally. Hannah is, uh, I should say before that, uh, before this, that uh, women don't usually 
make it into the historical record, right? It's only very rare instances that we get to learn about women in the historical record. But with Hannah, um, we see her quite often because she was married three times. She, she lost three husbands. Um, and also her father was Barnabas Horton, um, a very prominent figure in Long Island history, a uh, very prominent landowner in Southhold. And uh, she, Hannah was the fourth child of Barnabas. Uh, she um, marries an individual by the name of uh, Thomas Hildreth. That was her first husband. Her first husband. They uh, together they have four children. Southampton settler. Yes, Southampton settler. They they lived in, a, in an area called Flying Point. It's uh, like the western banks of Meacox Bay. I think that's Watermill, New York. Yep. Unfortunately, he passed away in in, in uh, 1657. She was in her 20s. Uh, she ends up remarrying a, a man by the name of Jonas Bauer, who's a weaver. They then another they have another four children. They uh, she moves to his homestead, which is uh, on Sebenac uh, Neck by it's, I think the Sebenac Golf Club today. Sabonic. Sabonic, sorry. Um, Col- uh, it's between Cold Spring Pond and uh, Bullhead Bay. And uh, and and unfortunately, he actually dies in 1671. This is her second husband. And then her third husband, Thomas Trevally, uh, they marry in, in 1681. He was a, um, a cooper, barrel maker. And uh, during this time with, with this third husband, uh, she actually gets accused by, um, actually, I should say before that, uh, her, her, her father passes away in 1681. Barnabas Horton leaves her pretty good, a sizable estate, about, about 10 sheep, some, some um, money as well. And uh, around this time, she gets accused um, by this man named Edward Lacey. He's a fairly new settler. Um, uh, he accuses Hannah of uh, setting his corn on fire, sitting on his roof at night. He's, he claims that he was uh, hag ridden, which means um, this type of sleep paralysis, uh, um, sleep demons and all that and, and nightmares that she was she was behind all of it. And, uh, you know, he, he, he accuses her, um, it charge, you know, they, they, uh, uh, tries to, tries to sue her with this. And, uh, fortunately it's, it's dismissed. Uh, if you think about the, 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 the dynamics in the community, uh, you know, uh, Hannah is the, the daughter of a prominent settler in the area. She is, uh, um, Associated with not only the Trevally family, but the Bowers and the Hildreth, her, her past husband. And um, uh, she had a large community support behind her. And Edward Lacey, who's uh, essentially a, a no one in the town, um, she, she wins, right? She, she, they, they, they actually dismissed the case. Was there ever a hearing or a trial? Uh, no, it, it, it never went to trial. This is actually the last time we hear of Edward Lacey in in the Hamptons, too. I I tried searching for him after this event and um, I couldn't find any mention of him. So um, he might have been uh, he might have left town after the event. Any other uh, any other witchcraft uh, events on the East End? Not in the uh, 16 and 1700s. This belief and fear in witchcraft, it definitely persists. Not as strongly as the 17th century, though. There are uh, folklore accounts and, and 
And there are some mentions here and there in local histories. Uh, th there is a folklore, um, a folkloric account of, of witchcraft, not on, not so much on the East End, but in Brookhaven, uh, individual named um, uh, Auntie Greenleaf. Uh, and this, this is very similar to the Goody Garlic story. And actually, Auntie Greenleaf sounds very similar to Goody Garlic. And, uh, and a lot of the the details of this folklore is, is, are, are very similar to the to the garlic account. Let me. Uh, this is a book uh, accused of witchcraft in New York, and um, uh, Scott uh, Ferrara has uh, the author of it. And uh, I wondered how you became interested in writing about all this. Yeah, sure. Uh, I actually served uh, in the Marine Corps for four years, and um, after, after I got out, I uh, rolled it, rolled in uh, in college, and got really interested in, in history and in archaeology. And um, I, I actually study uh, um, ancient plant use; that's my specialty of archaeology. And with ancient plant use, especially in the um, the early modern period, right this time between before the seventeenth century. Every now and then, you you see herbal herbal healers and and um, and accounts of witchcraft. So it excited me. And also, when you talk about history, sometimes uh, people aren't always interested, right, in, in in listening to history. But when you say things like witchcraft and and, and magic and divination, people's ears perk up a little bit. Yeah. So that that's definitely uh, motivated me to. to to keep researching and keep looking into these. Uh, are you are planning on a further book on another topic? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, there are plenty of accounts uh, in New York as, as well as the rest of the state of witchcraft beliefs persisting into the, um, the 18 and 1900s. So um, I thought that would be a, a pretty cool project to, to continue this with. Will you be uh, having a reading or a, a book at a bookshop out east here? Yes, the Quag um, Library in, uh, um, let's see, that's May 6th, I believe, at, I'm not sure what time, um, I think maybe 3 p.m. Uh, it will be on their website. Sure. Yeah. That's a great little library, by the way, just so you know. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, where, where do you live? And um, now, and uh, I guess you've you're waiting for your first child, and so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm located in Massapequa, and uh, yeah, I um, I'm I definitely frequent the Hamptons quite a lot. Um, I I'm very interested in uh, in the the resting places of a lot of these accused um, individuals. One thing I've always been interested in is you know where exactly is Elizabeth Garlic as well as uh, Hannah Trevally. Where 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 are they laid to rest? I I haven't been able to locate either of their of their their headstones yet. Uh, I think garlic may have been buried on Gardner's Island because, as I understood it, the townspeople never quite forgave her, and she and her husband were taken under Gardner's uh, wing to his private island, and he they he worked for him as part of the farm farmers up there. Yeah, they they, they had lived there for for quite a bit of time uh, before they moved closer. Uh, into East Hampton, so yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility um, that they could be buried there. Would love would love to find out. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. I'm sure you know about where the grave is for Lion Gardner, right? 
Yeah, um, on the uh, common burial grounds in, in East Hampton, right on the. the well, I, I don't know if you know this piece of history, or he's buried under a. I guess it's what is it, a sarcophagus of him lying down with a sword and wearing armor. Yeah. He actually did that. He fought in uh, Saybrook, Connecticut, to build a fort against uh, the Pequods. He was hired by the English to come to America to protect them. Uh, that at, at, at the on there. But he came from Holland, where he was originally uh, in the army there, and they had given him uh, breastplates. This was in the 1630s. Oh, wow. He was a fighter, and they, they, uh, they, he brought all that to uh, New England. And, and the accounts of him, there's a famous uh, drawing of him wearing that stuff while he's fighting with the uh, Pequods outside of Old Saybrook, which is where he was uh, hired to build Fort. So it's a it's not just a romantic thing for him. It was actual. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he was buried in it, but they acknowledge it. Wow. John Winthrop Jr., who acquitted uh, uh, Elizabeth Garlic, he actually had uh, written to Lion Gardner to come out and and uh, he actually commissioned Lion Gardner to build the fort at Saybrook, and Lion Gardner actually accompanied. Uh, Elizabeth Garlic to the trial. So um, some some witchcraft scholars believe that having someone as prominent Lion Gardner there with you might have might have influenced the case, um, might have made her seem a little bit more more important. Also, when Lion Gardner uh, moved to, to Gardner's Island in East Hampton for peace and quiet after fighting in the wars up there, which he was not a, as hired as a soldier, he was hired as a fort builder. He wrote a, a handwritten diary about all of it, saying how bad it was and and uh, how people shouldn't be fighting like this. And that was, he sent it to, to, to Winthrop and it was found in Winthrop's estate about a, 50 years later. And I've, I've read it if you sometime want to get a, uh, you can probably find it in the library. I think I've printed it out somewhere. But it's certainly worth looking into reading. You can get That's a whole incredible. Book. Yeah. So it's written in that old English style, you know, which is hard to read. But never yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to talk to you and make your acquaintance and, and uh, want to wish you the best in a further book you might write. And, uh, and especially with this one, which I'm sure is going to be very valuable history for the whole state as well as here on Long Island. So oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Great, thanks. It was great seeing you and meeting you. You too, and thanks. Luck. You have a name for a boy or a girl? Uh, no, <laughs> we're not disclosing it quite yet. Not till she's born. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Take care.